0: Hi friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep in this weekly show. I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, I am running a Shadow Dark RPG campaign known as The Gloaming. Shadow Dark RPG and The Gloaming are products of Arcane Library, and you can get... uh, The Gloaming is part of a zine called Curse Scroll 1, and the Shadow Dark RPG is available in PDF hopefully very soon available in a print copy probably right as soon as I'm ready to move it on something else is when the print copy will show up in my decks as is you know the way of things and, and Murphy's Law and all of that but I'm really enjoying it. This show like all of the work of Sly Flourish is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to a ton of exclusive content. Preview of the City of Arches source book, Uncovered Secrets Volume 1 and 2, dedicated discord server monthly Q&A, a whole bunch of different stuff that you, that you can get for running a game. A whole bunch of tools. I was working on one of the tools just yesterday. I'm adding in level up advanced 5e based treasure generator i'm kind of redoing the treasure generator in my random encounter my random Sly Flourish's lazy gm random tools because i want one that i can really manipulate and and do some other cool things with so i'm updating my random generator great big random generator that is available to patrons of slide flourish as well to the patrons of Sly flourish thank you so much for your outstanding support So we did not have a a game last week. We had a game the week before. The characters are crawling their way through the Bittermold Keep, which is the main sort of dungeon that exists inside Curse Scroll 1 in the gloaming. This is the dungeon. They started over here and the in and out. They made their way through. Characters died here in number two. I think we lost two characters, got killed. One got sucked up into the sands and died. Another one got kidnapped. And then I actually, yeah, that was oh, so sad. We lost, we lost Daisy. Daisy was succumbed to her wounds, kind of. She just lost the will to live and was laid to rest in an acidic sand pit and her body just went down to the bottom. They met this, they, so they met Howlers. Howlers, I have decided, are really wild creatures that actually worship Almazats, the creature that is going to devour the world. They, they, they are kind of... Really, the whole story that I'm sort of wrapping up into the gloaming is that the world has been corrupted by a supernatural entity known as Blob, And because of this corruption, uh, Kytheros, the lord of time, has decided, who, who plays with time across many different worlds, has said, well, that one's corrupt and it's got to go. And he's got a creature he's created called Almazats and almazots is this world devouring creature that basically takes a world and crunches it up and puts it into the big recycling bin which is a world known as marrow it takes all the ruins of the world and sends them to marrow almazots has a almazot has a herald that approaches the world and sort of prepares the world for its soon-to-be destruction and that is known as Underlook the marrow fiend is a entity that goes to the world and begins its preparations for the digestion of almazots to head to the world of marrow the destruction of the world goes to the world of marrow so that is major events oh meanwhile titania the fey queen has sent agents into the world of the gloaming into the realm of the gloaming to go find elven artifacts, old powerful artifacts that shouldn't be just digested and thrown into the, the the pits of, of, of marrow. So she has agents that are out there. that are recovering items with the intent of taking them through a portal and taking them into the world of the fey into the fairy world to, so that they're not all destroyed when the world is ultimately destroyed. There are very few, if any people here in this world of the gloaming who think that the world can be saved. But I kind of want there to be an angle of how do you save the world. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. So the main thing that they're going to s- discover. So they made their way through here. They died. They talked to the golden catfish. That was really fun made their way past the bats, discovered some secret lore about the family that used to live here when it was known as Strongstone. I thought the idea that the place was always known as Bittermold was weird. And I was like, actually, back then, it was known as Strongstone because it was milled of Strongstone. But now the stone is all swampy and sponge-like. So it's now known as Bittermold. And they made their way to 17 and they they have hit here and multiple characters have enough experience to get to third level. In fact, they're like good ways through third level because I've been kind of dishing out the experience points a little bit faster because I want them to progress, but they need to rest and they cannot rest in a dungeon. So they learned that there is actually an exit, a way out here through area 18. But as you see, there's something in area 18 waiting for them. So they made their way there. They're very, they're very worried about getting killed, which is a reasonable thing to worry about. And they walked into the room and they saw a skeleton floating in the air, kind of moving towards them. And they're like, what the hell is that? And they, I don't know if they yet know that is a gelatinous cube. But that is the strong start for today's session, is that there is a skeleton floating towards them. We're going to generate a new planning session template. It is 5 November 2023. Uh, our strong start is a floating skeleton approaches... The characters, soundless and speechless. It comes. It's actually angel Fun. Then they will probably, so scenes are G-Cube is probably the first scene that's going to occur. Then they're probably going to rest outside. We'll roll for encounters to see if they run into anything. Then they'll probably, I think they'll probably head back in. In, in bitter mold keep, making their way eventually to Mugdalblub, which is really close by. Like they can get right there through some, you know, through some halls. I wonder what that L means. That L's interesting. There's probably something there that's important. Facing mugdalblub. And then I think kind of next steps, right? And we got to figure out what those next steps are going to be. where where could they head next? This is this is a good feature for Secrets and Clues, which is, you, I think it's always useful. Almost always it's useful, unless you really know that you don't have to worry about it. It's worth saying, like, when they're done with whatever they're doing now, what options are open to them? What sort of current quests do they have that are, that are open to them? You just want a loose idea about this. You don't necessarily need to, like, build out all of the steps. You just want to know, like... Here are options. And ideally, you want to drop those options in front of the players at the end of a session so they can say, yes, when we're done with all this Mugda Blub stuff, our plan is to head to X. And then you say, ah, good. Then I can worry about planning X. Right. You can you can you can sort of get your you know, you can sort of get your get your idea, get your ideas going there. So I think we'll start worrying about secrets and clues and we'll come back to those next steps because I think some of the secrets are probably going to leak back to the next steps. Characters. We should take a look at our characters. I'm, I'm having a little trouble because they die so often, but I think that these are the right, the right ones. Daisy Daisy's dead. Daisy off the list. Sirwin, an elf priest seeker, was an outcast who came to the gloaming looking for a new community. A priest of Getty, the elf god, seeking a new community. I already wrote that. I don't need that there kind of an average person a little rough looking and probably between the sources of bathing so a little bit dirty Sirwin is a level two priest with two hit points Sirwin also has enough experience to get to level three he's I think the oldest of the characters that's managed to survive and would sure like to get to level three and boy wouldn't it be funny if they rolled a one on their hit points again that would be sad. Morrigan Nightweaver, elf warlock, follower of Shun the Vile, whose mother was, bran- mother, follower of the Mother Witch, her actual mother was burned at the stake out at Marrow's, Hol- at Marrow's Hold, and they branded Morgan with the mark of Shun. She's very tall and thin and gaunt and lich-like. She kind of, when she walks, you hear the rattle of dry bones. There were some funny situations of, like, people picking her up, and I said it was like picking up a bag full of sticks. Or her trying to pull somebody out of a pit. And <laughs> it was like, the weight ratio is not there. I think they had to make a saver, they would fall in. So that was fun. Varro is a half-orc fighter jeweler who held the door. Uh, pretty strong, still alive, cursed. Uh, I think contains the curse of Mugdoblub. I think a few of them have the curse of Mugdoblub. I don't remember which ones, though. One funny thing is that the Goblin Daisy got cursed by the curse of mugdoblob and then would bite people to try to wake them up and press and then would spread the curse so that was that was pretty funny finnel is an elf wizard an amnesiac whose memories were stolen by drusilla the gloomy but got those memories back used to serve drusilla and i think is now the possessor of the book possessor of drusilla's book to end the mugdoblob curse but requires the pure essence which is essentially part of Mugdoblub. Actual Mugdoblub. Gim is a knight of St. Yidris, a short, stocky, I think a, I think a dwarf. Carries a bastard sword twice his height. Fell away after they started burning people. I think Fennel's dead, right? Yeah, Fennel died. Never mind about Finel. Dead Died in a sandpit. Daisy dead, succumbed to let death take her. Lost the will to live is probably better. Thalos. How did Thalos die? Killed by zombies by by ooze folk under what's the name of the town? Whatever the town is. Bug juice dragged through a fire trap while trying to be rescued. <laughs> Funny. I'm amused by our own our own group. I'm missing somebody. We have some other character here. This is why, like, paying attention to the characters <laughs> doesn't matter too much, because they, to, they tend to die. They tend to die pretty easily. Cool. So those are the characters. Fun. What secrets do we have? Mugdlblub is an essence of consciousness from worlds beyond the outside. When Mugdlblub... I think... Here's a fun secret. Kytheros... Found Mugdleblub while examining, while looking at various worlds in space and time. M is his fault. Everywhere where Mugdleblub enters the world becomes corrupted by its ooziness, and the worlds need to be destroyed, according to Kytheros. What else? What does Mugdleblub want? So, in the gloaming in particular, what does. So, Mugdleblub wants to eat everything, obviously. That's a pretty strange one. But is there any object in particular that, like, Mugdleblub would really love? I kind of like the idea of Mugdleblub as a quest giving NPC. Wants what? What would help amplify? Probably a portal, right? A way to open up multiple portals to multiple worlds it can't be another icosahedron because we already had the icosahedron as a as an object of of power in in the in the book let's take a look at the shadow dark rpg and let's look at magic items treasure let's just scan through i like the idea that it wants something that can cross worlds because it wants it doesn't want to just eat this world it wants to eat all worlds taking a look through the looking through magic items to try to find something The Hourglass of the Black Sands is pretty good. Memnon's Discordant Blade. That sounds awesome. Hmm. A well of many worlds. That's perfect. Dark circle of cloth that seems to create a tunnel through the surface it begins. The well of many worlds folds upon a flat surface into a six-foot-wide hole. Creatures can jump into the hole once per day each to be transported to a random plane of existence. So, I think once the well... Once an object kept by simple black cloth. Dark circle of cloth, right? Bring it to me. So Mugnoblob is hoping to send agents out to go get this object. And it could say, like, I've sent others, um, has sent others, but doesn't think they're... uh, But wants to hedge his bets. I think the sorcerer... Uh has multiple artifacts kept in his vault beneath the tower in the lake. Haldron has gone missing months ago. I think that that could be... So that's a fun angle, including a well of many worlds and a sphere of annihilation. I think that there might be two artifacts. Where would the sphere... So that now, then the Sphere of Annihilation is actually a great way to get rid of blob. And if they get rid of blob, then Kytherus doesn't need to destroy the world. The Elf Queen, what's her name? I need a thing for her. I do. Why did it not come up? Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. Titania the Fae Queen seeks the artifacts of Haldren as well. And so do the Knights of St. Idris. Everybody wants a piece of those items. I think that's cool what else any other any other secrets that we want to reveal i think that haldren has disappeared trapped in the vile well who's stuck who captured haldren i think Haldron, how about this haldren sought an artifact capable of destroying mugnoblub but was captured in the vile well was captured before he could acquire it. And who captured him? Was it, I mean, faction-wise, we have the Knights of St. Yidris, we have the, the, the cult of, um, of Undeluk. So is it possible that Undeluk, agents of Undeluk, trapped the sorcerer without realizing what he had? Because they don't care, right? They're like, we're not worried about finding a way to destroy it, this world's already gone. I think a knight of, you know, a, 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 we could have like a powerful knight of Undeluk, right? I mean, does Undeluk have a, <laughs> does Undeluk have a, so he's got a couple, right? He's a fallen, he has red, Redthorn, Greaves Redthorn. I guess Greaves, cultist leader of Undeluk, captured Haldoran in the the Vile Well. So that's good. So what possible paths, what next steps? So they could, uh, Investigate Haldron's Tower. Investigate the, or hunt down Greaves Redthorn at the bandit camp. Inter the remains of the Green Knights at. Grey World Priory is the knights where the Knights of St. Yidris are, the Meyer Castle ruins, right? They probably also need to create the cure for mugdobrub's curse that's probably something they're definitely going to want to do Uh, they'll have to do that back at drusilla's laboratory okay then we have next steps all right we've checked our characters out we've got a strong start we've got our scenes we've got our secrets and clues we've got so locations we're still doing um bitter mold keep we can move that up I have this idea of the twisted marrow tree that they come to, the caverns of the Wardenwood well they've been to. We don't need to worry about that anymore. The village of Wardenwood we need. That looks good. And then we have some new locations. Haldren's Tower. We have uh, the Vile Well. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna do stuff there. We have uh, Redthorn's Camp is already done. I mean, they're all in the map, of course. I'm basically just putting in locations for all the places that are in the map, but it keeps them in one place. What other, what did I just say? The Meyer Castle ruins? That one's already there, right? This is where the where the Green Knights wish to be interred. And then we also have the headquarters of Greywall Priori, right? Cool. These aren't all current, so I'm not worried about all of the, ah, whatever, it doesn't matter. There they are. Uh, NPCs, we have the Remnant of Memnon, the Talking Skull, Haldron, the Elf Sorcerer, Jupiter wormward the Scout of Titania, um, the Gods of the Gloaming Faction. We can also... We probably also want Mugdoblob. Mugdoblob's pretty current. Mugdoblob, the quest NPC. Uh, monsters, we don't really have to worry about it too much because they're in, the, they're in the book. So we tend not to have to worry about monsters. And we... Don't have to worry about treasure because we roll treasure randomly. One thing, if I can find it, on the uh, Shadow Dark Discord server, which is an excellent Discord server to hang out, Kelsey posted something very interesting. She posted a new set of hex crawling rules, alternative hex crawling rules. Use these hex crawling rules as an alternative to the overland travel rules in the Shadowdock RPG. So one thing is that all hexes are six miles across. So even the ones that are in the gloaming, which were two miles, and that was weird. She said, just make them six. I think I'm going to do that. I think we're going to just stretch it out and say, yeah, they're six miles now. Terrain impacts the number of hexes PCs can cross per day. PCs can undertake tasks while traveling, and they may encounter harsh weather or points of interest. Random encounter checks are based on the number of hexes the group crosses. Travel per day. PCs can travel up to eight hours a day without issue. Push the PCs must pass an in increasingly hard con checks for each extra hex they cross. So, if they push themselves, they have to make a check. Uh, if half the group fail the check, they must stop uh, and can only move two hexes the next day. They get exhausted. Crossing hexes. Walking, you can cross four hexes in a day. So, that's eight, six, 12, 18, that's 24 miles in a day. That seems like a lot, right? Because it's six miles per hex, four hexes per day. That seems like a lot. I would think it would be two, right? You can call, you know, Twelve miles is a good day, I would think. Terrain hexes to cross: normal is one hex, cost to cross is one. Rough is two hexes. Impassable, you cannot cross. Encounters: check for random encounters in every other hex. Use the possible. Use the below probability based on the hex's danger level. When the PCs rest, check twice during the hexes. Check twice. So when they rest, they check. You check twice. Okay, that's good. So I, I think this was a question I had, which is exactly what is the resting like outside? And the answer is if it's unsafe, risky, or deadly, you check You check twice per rest. Each PC can do one task per day while traveling. PCs can choose to do the same. PCs, multiple PCs can choose to do the same task, I assume. GM determines the DC of each based on the, the situation that it falls to 12. Excellent. Clear. Treat one hex of rough terrain as normal terrain. That's a strength check. Forage. In check. Find one ration hall con check the group passes its next push travel check made before the next rest what is next push travel check what does that mean oh next push travel when you do the push one the group passes its next push travel check made before the next rest does that mean you can just push each time because you can do it each time keep watch wisdom check enemies have disadvantage on checks to sneak or hide around the group until the next rest march song charisma check the group moves an extra additional hex navigate one thing is, like, all of these are benefits. It, what if you fail? Shouldn't something negative happen? Or no? I don't know. Navigate. In check. If no PCs pass, the group loses two hexes of travel. So that one you need to do, right? If no PC passes, the group loses two hexes of travel. Scout. Dexterity check. Random encounters start at a far distance until the next rest begins. Weather. Looks like they're going to have weather tables. But I don't think we have weather tables inside Shadow Dark itself. Weather may impact visibility for travel speed. See page bang bang for, for for weather roll tables. Point of interest. Each hex has a one in six chance of having a point of interest. See page bang bang. Procedure. GM determines weather from both day and night. So this is kind of like I had, I had something like this. Determines the weather for both day and night. PCs make task checks. PC choose the direction to travel and the number of hexes. So they make their task checks first. PCs choose a direction of travel and a number of hexes to move. They move accordingly. GM checks for a point of interest in each hex, one in six chance. GM checks for a random encounter every other hex. Repeat steps three to five until hex travel is complete. GM checks for two random encounters of the PCs rest, if any occur. So that's kind of cool. This is a good, this is a more detailed, I'm gonna I'm gonna copy this image. And I think in my notes somewhere, in my Shadow Dark stuff, I have a hex crawl reference. I'm going to paste it in here. So I have the official. So here's what I had, and I'm going to change it right away. Hexes are six miles across. Walking speed, in normal terrain takes rough. Yeah, you can cross. So I think following, I like her guidelines. The one thing is I think that four hexes a day feels like a lot of miles, right? 24 miles feels like a lot of, help me out. Is 24 miles in a day a significant amount of walking? 24 is standard in 5e. That's what the DMG says. That feels like a lot. Now, I guess, like, you know, I don't know. Doesn't 24 miles feel like a lot? Maybe not. Not, not pushing, no. Like, that should be comfortable. I was never much of a hiker. Uh, for real life, yes. We rode March 25 in 12 hours in the military, and it was tough. Right. So, that, that's tough. And imagine normal walking distance. Marathon is 26. Yeah, but people are doing marathons in, like, four hours now, aren't they? Hexes per day is four. Appalachian trail walkers routinely go 20 miles a day. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. So we'll we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with what they say. Hexes are six miles across. Walking speed on normal terrain covers four hexes in a day, which is, that's what I had before when it was two miles, right? So it feels like a lot. I don't know why. And I feel like 12 would be better. I'm going with two. I think I think 12 miles in a day fully packed up enjoying leisurely lunches watching for monsters you know I went on a hike in the, in the thing I wasn't in particularly great shape but I went on a hike up in the mountains and we did 10 miles in a day and it hurt we were sore but that was hiking up in the mountains could be 3 the problem with 3 hexes is then when you do the check every other hex it's a little strange so I'm updating my I'm gonna update my guidelines. So it's considered, the gloaming is considered unsafe. Check for encounters every other hex and a one in six chance. I no longer have to worry about that question. Per journey, determine the direction, have players select roles so we can use these new roles. What What are they called? Select tasks. Determine danger level and terrain, difficulty. Determine the weather per day. Determine the weather. Expend any resources. Per hex. uh, Determine the risk of getting lost. Choose or roll for a monument if desired. If it's time for a random encounter, roll for or select a random encounter. Signs of previous activity or signs of one yet to come. And then I have a 2D6 chart for weather. And monuments. Notable monuments. Let's try this. Give me 12 monuments, the characters might discover in the haunted, strange wood of the gloaming. Tie to the factions of Undeluk, the six-eyed wolf. this is gonna to be too much, too much stuff. Herald of the world of marrow. Kytheros, the master of time, the Lord of time. Titania, the Fae queen, the corrupted hellishly corrupted knights of Saint Yidrith. Who else? These monuments should include things like effigies, corrupted trees, old um monol what are they called? Stone pillars, uncovered or unvine covered crypts and things like that see how that goes towering statue of the six-eyed wolf on look, surrounded by eerie blue flames it emits an aura of darkness and whispers in the wind corrupted tree of kytheros moss covered stone pillar of titania by the time the prompt is written, we'll have 12 monuments almost but these are pretty good right? i kind of like these okay i kind of like give me give me give me 10 eight more right there we go now i got now i got 20 of the things cool what else anything else that i need those are pretty good another way so i did these like ai generated ones right but if you want something that's that kind of works better you have your factions and you have you can just make a list of the factions Kytheros, undeluk almazat mugdoblub titania what other what other groups are active here is that it oh they have the they have a list duh it's in the cursed scroll i think it's having got a number tied to them so it's kitheros Mugdoblub, Shun the Vile, that would be a good one. The Willow Man would be a cool one. Any other factions? The Green Knights. And you could have the, what's the sorcerer? Haldron. And then, so you got your factions and then you could have monuments and effigy, obelisk. What was a new one? Man, I picked up a cool word. Let's see, let's ask the AI. What is the word for a monument? That represents the dead, but they're not interred there. Give me five possibilities. There was a name for it. Ah, oh, it was in a, you know what? I have to find it. I'm never going to find it. It's in this thing. This is not the right story, anyway. I read it in a Lovecraft story. I was like, oh, that's such a great word. What is the name for a monument that represents? the dead but the dead aren't interred there it's just a single word like crypt or ossuary but not those two turns out yeah so ai and ggs willie found the name it's called cenotaph i love that word a cenotaph is like a monument to represent the dead but the dead aren't interred there Why doesn't he check chat? You said apparently a bunch of people have said cenotaph. Human beings are smarter than AI. Take note. Effigy, obelisk, cenotaph, well. Corrupted tree. Ruined watchtower. Statue. Burial site. Tomb. I have tomb? There's a cenotaph in downtown San Antonio. Mausoleum. What's the difference between a tomb and a mausoleum? I don't know. Sounds different. What other kind of interesting things might they find? And what kind of monuments would they find? We should have at least 12. We have 10, 10's probably good. There's a thing specific to the gloaming. Witches, pyres, an ooze pit. You could just do a pit, right? Pits are good, I like the word pit, it's cool. We'll stick with 12, that's good. I could give me eight more monuments like those above no that's not right stop it didn't know what's doing forget it stupid ai all right so we got factions we got monuments and if i want notable monuments i can use that too i got lots of stuff so that's cool mausoleums are bigger than tombs gotcha mausoleum would be like a bunch of different people interred in one place all right so how different are my hex crawl rules from the ones that kelsey had put out i think they're pretty close Right, I think I'm I'm taking ideas, um, right from this. Determine whether for both day and night. What do I have? Yeah, well, so per journey, yeah, I, I kind of have stuff per journey, per day, and per hex. I kind of break it down to those specific things. So I'll try them out. I'm going to try both of ours out and see and see how they see how they work out. I think they can work out pretty well. Is there anything else I need? I really don't think I need monsters. And I don't think I really need treasure because I guess. I would like to, I take that back. I would like to have a notable piece of treasure in Blub's air, like something that they could just see sort of lying off to the side and there's a risk of them grabbing it. That might be fun. Let's go to our Shadow Dark treasure lists. I think the idea that it is a, uh, cause it's level 10. So I think it should be a level 10 treasure just lying there with Blub, And we will roll a D100 and see what it is. Oh no, I rolled a hundred. The mighty staff of Ord. <laughs> I rolled it. I rolled zero zero zero. Holy cow. Taper mithril staff that resonates with arcane power tip features an upward looking eye and a circle of runes. Plus three staff can only be wielded by a wizard. Functions as a wand of dimension door, fireball, sending, and telekinesis. Unlike a wand, the staff remains intact if you roll a one on your spell casting checks. Hostile spells targeting you are DC eighteen to cast. Wow. So that is pretty cool. I mean, I rolled it legit. Like, I could take a picture, but it was, it was zero zero. That's like their staff of the Magi. Am I going to regret this? I might regret it. So, so how does this work? Functions of wand to dimension door, fireball sending telekinesis, unlike a wand. So, what, what are the wand rules? On a failed casting attempt, the wand stops working until you complete a rest. On a critical failure, the wand permanently breaks and the, uh, ca- and casters with mishap tables must roll a mishap. Yeah, I like the idea. Dr. Fugue says, give it to them and have them learn its abilities. I think so. I think maybe only the sorcerer knows how to truly use it, but I think, so what could they use? Fireballs, Dimension Door, Fireball, Sending and Telekinesis. Sending might be cool. Telekinesis, what does that do? it might maybe like it starts off hard right like the check to do it is is quite difficult and then when they learn it, it it's less difficult i guess i mean it's still it's a fort right like the to cast these spells is still a 13 for fireball a 14 for tele- but i might say it is too harder than the spell level until they can unlock it so like it would be a 16 for them to nail telekinesis it's a plus three staff as well hits hard so what spell i think like fireball so they don't get fireball till fifth level and maybe be third level so they'd have that a couple levels early that's not bad but i think it's plus two to the difficulty to cast a spell only has sending and fireball at the moment and is only a plus one staff haldren can unlock it for a character and what's her name titania wants to take it to the fairy realm it's an xp5 level item five experience points no i don't think it's a plus three to the casting level it's a plus three i don't think it's plus three to use it as a weapon so you can bonk somebody and it's a plus three weapon and that's really powerful yeah i think we're good enough all right friends i want to thank all of you for hanging out with me today while we prepare for my shadow dark game i will let you know how it went last next week If you want to see more shows like this, if you are interested in other things that I create, please consider subscribing to the Sly Flourish newsletter. It is absolutely free to sign up. You get an adventure generator PDF sent directly to you for free, and you get a weekly RPG-related email, which includes links to all of the other work that I do throughout the week. It's a really... Good benefit, good deal. Definitely worth signing up. You can also support me directly on Patreon. Patrons get access to the City of Arches sourcebook, Uncovered Secrets Volume 1 and 2, dedicated Discord server, the monthly QA, a whole bunch of tools and tips and tricks and techniques for making your games better. Tons of stuff you get for being a patron of Sly Flourish, and it's a very reasonable price. And you can pick up any of my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, the Lazy DM's workbook, and the Lazy DM's companion, all on the Sly Flourish bookstore. Links for all of that are in the show notes. Thank you all so much. Have a great day and get out. there and play an RPG.